Welcome to Long Distance Listening, a music podcast. Welcome to Long Distance Listening. I'm Andrew. And I'm Nate. Welcome to our Andy Schaff episode, where we will be talking about Andy Schaff's latest album, Norm. So hopefully you've had a chance to listen to this album. It's been out a couple months now, and uh, we're finally getting around to talking about the album as we've been able to sit with it for a few months now. But uh, if you haven't listened to the album and you really want the context of the album before listening to our thoughts on the album feel free to just pause this episode go listen to the album and come right back um but if you've listened to it or you don't care to listen to it before we're just gonna jump in uh sound good nate yeah all right so Nate, I would love, as I very often tee you up at the beginning of these episodes to do, since you are um, the guy who basically I'm your picks dealer. all the good bands in life and goes, hey, Andrew, you should listen to this band. Uh, you're, mm. you're like weeding through all the bad stuff and you only give me the bangers and uh and so bangers a mash <laughs> exactly uh i'm looking at the year the party came out that was 2016 i want to say though you were selfish about andy Schaff till about 2017 i feel like you told me about andy Schaff and the album the party in 2017 i could be wrong but my memory is that it was like not right when that album came out however mm. That's just my memory. I could be wrong. What I would love is you to tell me and our listeners, how did you find Andy Schaff? What has your background of listening to his past albums been? Um, And then expectations going into Norm. I think you're going to have a lot more of a trajectory into this album than even myself. Um, So how about you start with that? Yeah, so uh, I have no idea how I discovered Andy Schaff. I don't mm-hmm. remember. Um, but what I... Yeah, it's, you're welcome <laughs> for that tidbit. Great. I kept you on the edge of your seat there. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely no idea. don't remember at all. Mm-hmm. But I do remember the party being one of those records where it was like, oh, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, after a while, it was like, oh, I actually love this. And um, those records are just so cool. Ones that get your attention and intrigue you. And then all of a sudden, yep. the floodgates open and you're just head over heels for it. Yep. Um, and part of it was, for me, it's uniqueness. Um, I mean... I don't know. I feel like no artist is unique and all artists are unique, depending Mm -hmm. on how you want to look at it. But for for the party, for me and what I listened to up to that point, I hadn't heard a storyteller like him before. Yeah. I hadn't heard somebody whose songs were just like like I hadn't heard a concept album quite like this. Yeah. Well the party where it's like the party is about a party and every single song is about that party and he literally wrote characters for the record mm-hmm. and it's like those characters have all these interpersonal relationships and it's like it's 
it's just like so conceptual. Yep. He 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 leans so far into it that I don't think many artists are willing to go there. Yep. Um, part of it is I think it's hard not to be like write dumb songs when you do something like yeah. that. Yeah. But what was beautiful about the party was he took these very unique and specific stories and infused generalities mm. at the perfect moments i feel yeah. like so it would be like a song like begin again mm-hmm. it's like okay you have this story but then at the crux of the song is like starting over and you mm. you don't get lost in the weeds even if you're not quite understanding the story, you understand, okay, there's newness, there's longing for rebirth, there's, um, you get the concept. And so I feel like with this record, it's simultaneously really specific and then really uh, general. And so yeah. it's really easy to like it. And I, I mean, it's still one of my top albums of all time, easily still in my top 10. And so, Andrew, something that we even though you didn't have that type of Andy Shaw fandom at that point like you said maybe yeah. i was hiding the goods from you <laughs> um we can both relate to okay an artist just dropped an all-time record mm-hmm. now how are they going to follow it up yeah and yep. so i mean we've all been there and it's it's exciting Yep. But terrifying. Yeah. And so he released um, his third The album in a row. So it was The Bearer of Bad News, The Party, yeah. and then The Neon Skyline. And The Neon Skyline took his specific storytelling and got even more specific. Mm-hmm. To the point where it was almost a little too specific for me. Mm-hmm. And... The songs, his singing became a little too... um, I think some of his melodies became a little boring for me at different points, and yet there are some incredible tracks on there. But it was a real letdown for me. Yeah. And it's not a bad album. It's a good album. Yep. But just comparatively... Yeah. it's, It's... you end up forsaking really good albums when they come after incredible albums. At least I feel like I do that. And so I was wondering, okay, am I going to like another Andy Schaaf record again? Not like, am I going to love another Andy Schaaf record again? And then he released Wilds, which is now the first of his two single word album Mm -hmm. titles and i'm wondering if the third the whatever he comes next will be the same yeah but wilds is weird where so the part all his records before that pretty much felt like pretty polished and this one is not polished and i'm not saying it's it's bad or like he rushed the process but it's very intentionally not as smooth as the other records and I feel like he recorded probably a little bit more DIY. I don't know. I don't. I haven't studied the record, but sure. it doesn't. It almost feels like a mixtape. If in terms of like, it doesn't feel like a legit Andy Schaff record, and that's no disrespect. Because in fact, I like Wilds better than Neon Skyline. I thought it was a step in the right direction for him. Yeah. And again, some really incredible tracks. Yep. 
Um, and so when I heard about Norm, he had released his first single. Um, I don't waste it on you. Is that is that correct? I'm gonna like mess up. I don't actually know what the singles were. Uh, yeah, wasted on you was the fir- was the first single, and it's a uh, first track. It went wasted on you, catch your eye, and then telephone. I believe so. Yep. First three tracks in order, and I heard wasted on you, and I was like, okay. I was like, this is pretty good. Yeah. And then I heard catch your eye, and I was like. This is weird. I'm liking this. This is weird. This is not normal. And then I heard telephone and I was like, oh shit, is Andy back? I was like, is is Andy back? And look, I'm going to give away a little bit of how I feel about this record. This record, in my opinion, is not as good as The Party, Mm -hmm. but I've had enough time in between these two records to... uh, Not grieve, but like understand, move on from my expectations and this to me is easily his best album post the party i love the bear of bad news and so i don't want to compare it to that quite yet but it is the perfect amount of specific in general like i had liked Mm -hmm. on the party and then the story is interesting the melodies are interesting. Yep. And even though I would say it's a very, generally speaking, a quiet record yes. overall, it's still very captivating to me, very yep. beautiful. And so I'm just like head over heels uh, yep. for this album. And so what's tough about talking to you, Andrew, about an album like mm-hmm. this is clearly I'm in love. Yep. Now I have to listen to you potentially absolutely crap all over this record. Yeah. And because this is, I'm not, I know you've listened to Andy Schaff in the past. I'm assuming this is your, this is your real, like, give it first shot in terms of really giving Andy a shot. And so I have no idea what's going to happen. And so after all that glowing from me, I'm very curious to hear Whatever you want to say. One of my favorite verbs is good cop, bad copping. Um, <laughs> and so... Uh, I thought you said bad cop, bad cop. <laughs> Have you seen uh, the other guys? Yes, I knew exactly what you were <laughs> I love it so much. Oh, sorry, I want to rewatch that because that, that part of just Will Ferrell yelling at the- <laughs> I'm going to make you eat a pile of you that shit! <laughs> Are you talking to me? <laughs> Sorry. I want to watch that with you. I actually feel like that. Oh my gosh, fun. dude. Uh-oh. I think I gen so I think that's one of the most underrated it's like a very I would say it's a standard comedy film over the past fifteen years or whatever. No. I don't think it's talked about enough. No. I, I think I it's agree. up there with stepbrothers, up yep. there with whatever comedy you want to add, yep. it's up there I, with that. I agree. All right. Um, Sorry. I was going to try to segue back by saying Hot Rod's my favorite comedy. and there's I love Hot Rod, party, too. So let's talk about the party. Um, so, Pretty good. Um, okay. So 
I'm going to do a quicker backstory so you can <laughs> tell me. Um, only because I have way less context. No, it's fine. Um, Look, but, I understand. But I think it's it. helpful to know where I was coming from that way. Stuff. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay. Um, you basically, when I heard about the party, I'm pretty sure I know when I first heard about this album. But um, to not possibly get it wrong, let's just put it this way. You were telling me, hey, this album is not only good, it's one of my favorite albums of all time. Which, I will say, is really hard to listen to an album, and I've done this with you, to um, mm. being the Nate in this situation. So I'm not trying to, like, shit on you or anything. Please, like, don't take it that I'm way. I'm deeply However, offended. it is really hard when one of your best friends goes, this is one of my favorite albums of all time, and you go in with that expectation. Because... It's either going to be met and you're going to be like, oh, my gosh, we're right on the same page or it's not going to be met. And I think the album is probably unfairly judged as worse than it is. And I would say to a point, that's what the party was. Um, Initially, I listened and it did not click right away. But I knew enough to know it's a conceptual album. I love the concept. Um, I hadn't really dove into the lyrics enough, like, right away. So I was like, okay, I don't love this. This seemed fine. But for the way that I went in wanting to love it, um, I'll give it another shot. But let me give it some time. Gave it some time. Came back and liked it more. I've listened to that album uh, before Norm came out three times. Mm-hmm. Um, first time not loving it, second time liking it more, third time with lyrics and actually paying more attention. That is the the best that it got to me is like, this is really good. Like, I really like this album. I mm-hmm. don't know that I would have put it in my top ten, but I really like this album. I think it's really solid. And I think that by the third listen, I realized um, that I hear why it would be in your top ten. It's just not personally like of all time or or what have you um i think then i just got busy because i think it was kind of like three lessons and i was like okay i'm gonna get into this album like it might get to top 10 all time but there's there's way more here than i've allowed be there um and then uh neon skyline came out and for me i was really excited because that was really when i was like starting to ramp up uh, in my mind, starting to ramp up Andy Schaff is like, okay, I've, I'm at the point I really like the party now. Like, only a few lessons, not that many, admittedly. Uh, let me see what Neon Skyline um, is like. And I listen, and I was like, first listen, I actually thought it was pretty good. Second listen, I didn't like it as much. And third, I was like, okay, this is starting to prove to me that Andy Schaff should write concept albums because I think I missed the concept on Neon Skyline. I know you were saying it's very specific. Somehow I missed it. I'm going to be honest. But I also wasn't sitting with the lyrics for it. It just didn't feel as obvious to me. So in my head, I'm like, he has to write conceptual albums or it doesn't work. Um, Not knowing that he did, and I apologize. I just didn't get it. Um, And then... um, Wilds came out. I don't think I've listened through that album. I'm going to be honest. Um, 
I think by that point, I basically was like, okay, Andy Shroff's best album is The Party, and I don't feel like... I think I actually listened to The Party maybe some more times in there. Because I felt like as I got a little bit disappointed with Neon Skyline, and as I didn't even finish Wilds, not that it's bad, I think both of those albums are actually way better than I'm making them sound like they are. But it's just like... I was basically like, if I'm going to listen to Andy Shoff, I kind of want to just go back to the party because that felt better. Um, so then Norm was coming out. Um, you kind of gave me some heads up on that. Long story short, album comes out and I'm like, okay, I should listen to some. I didn't listen to any of the singles. It's like, I should listen to it. I listened straight through and it's not actually a terribly long album for 12 songs, 37 minutes. It flew by, um, and I was like, that was pretty good. Um, like, I wonder if this could get to be as good as um, The Party. It didn't seem like it's a concept album. Maybe it is. It has some similar imagery throughout, but I don't think that it's much. Um, you might have to get into more. I, I don't think... I understand Andy Schaff's lyrics sometimes. Not that they're bad. Sometimes they're just, like, there. And I think they're really good and beautiful, but I don't understand how they interconnect. So we'll get into that in a little bit. I have now listened to Norm probably, honestly, 20 times. Oh, I wow. love this album. Let's go. Let's this, freaking go. This, for me, <laughs> and this is where it's going to kind of probably annoy you. I personally like this more than The Party. I think oh, that the party me. probably is the better album, and I'm pretty sure if I listened to the party 20 times, I would like it as much or more. Mm-hmm. I've listened to Norm so much, not only because it's so chill and so easy to just have on all the time, it doesn't yeah. feel like a commitment to listen, where to me, the party, the reason I have not listened to the album enough is I think I've built it up in my head. Like, I need, if I need. If I'm going to listen to this album, I need to listen to this album without anything else happening. Mm-hmm. Norm can kind of be background and has been. It's been my go-to album yeah. the last month plus probably for yeah. just like doing work. Like I honestly think 20 times is actually probably not even close. I I like I wouldn't be surprised if I'm actually at between 30 and 50 because it's been like on repeat in the background and it's only 37 minutes and I work Mm. eight plus hours a day (laughs) and like there's been some days it's been on repeat for most of the day so Mm. like that's gotta be a lot sorry that's just a side tangent I think Norm is amazing like genuinely I think it's one of the better indie albums like thinking of how indie was last year there was a few standout indie albums for me last year like norm could have made my top 10 last year Hmm. and it's one of the first albums that have really hit for me this year not that there's been a ton of music but like i don't know if it's fair or not fair to say it's my favorite or second favorite album of the year but it's up there for me i love this album so all right I talked enough. We both like the album. I yes. I would actually venture to say if we're good cop, bad cop, you have to be bad cop now because I think I like it. <laughs> okay. more, so sorry, man. Um, I'll be bad cop. But um, <laughs> uh, 
can you uh, just speak to the lyrics on the album here? What am I missing? Um, each song feels like it has its own concept, but is it like a yeah. full concept I'm missing? Yeah. So before before I get into that, I want to quickly respond to uh, what you said. Um, so yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head with it being such a good background album. Yeah. Like I've taken a few glorious naps to this record. Yes. Like no, same. glorious. Same. And so it's just like so peaceful. Yep. Um, but it's not, it's not like peaceful in the sense of like, it's not dynamic. Like there's a yeah. lot of interesting dynamics going yes. on. And then, um, yeah, and then Andy's. I mean, I know we're. Bef- yeah, I get. Well, look, do you mind if we talk about the vocals first before we get into no, the lyrics? Let's do it. So, Andy's voice for me, I realize there's like a few voices that like mean a lot to me, mm. and he has one of those voices like, sim- and it's it's like a really unique voice. I feel like um, I agree. He sounds. And- when I try no, to, go. he sounds like two different singers constantly to me. Yeah, um, his he has a breathiness which sounds like one singer, and then his like full voice when it cuts through sounds like a different guy. But he goes yeah. in and out of those constantly. Um, but honestly, there's such a there's such a difference in his voice. I don't know. It's it's very unique to me. I think yeah for for how like. Usually I think unique and I think weird. And I wouldn't say he has a weird voice, but he has a very unique voice. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, you, you don't listen and you're like... I, I mean, yeah, we've talked about this a bunch. Like, some people, their voices sound normal, mm-hmm. and yet no one sounds like them. Yes. I think Andy fits that category where you're yep. like, oh, that's like a... Like, you talked about indie artists. Like, I'm not surprised yeah. there's an indie artist that sounds like Andy, but... It's like nobody sounds like him. Yeah. And so, yeah. And so the vocals, I think, are just so good. Um, like his, I don't know how to describe how he s- sings at different points. When he sings in telephone, like, it's like he's almost like trembles. Mm. Like where he goes, you call me on the telephone. Mm-hmm. It's just like. He's really very in tune with the story and the words of what's going on with his vocal performance. Um, And like you said, he has great falsetto, great highs, really great, like, full, normal voice. Um, And then he chooses some really interesting melodies, like not standard melodies. Probably my two favorite vocal performances or telephone and paradise cinema i think he mm. does some weird stuff vocally with both of those yeah um, halloween store actually is probably up there too um, yeah halloween store is crazy that that has um, some weird stuff but yeah and halloween store to me is the most similar vocal performance to neon skyline where um the way he got in the habit of ending a lot of his sentences in this very uh, similar way mm. where it's like high low, like, but it's not just high low. It's like his tone. Mm-hmm. It's like 
it's almost like he sings with a, like a little bit of an accent on uh, different different syllables in um yes. in that song, and so yeah, the, it's not an accent. I think he twists his vote. I don't know how to. I I'm just spitting. Well, uh, he like twists his vo- his vocals in this weird way. I'll say this, which is. You know how, like, Australians, when they sing, you can't really tell they're Australian, like, they don't really have an accent? Yeah. When when he says certain wor- words, it's his, like, how he enunciates them, I don't know what it is, and I don't know what he sounds like talking. I only know yeah. his singing voice, but he sounds like he has an accent. Yeah. Like, it's He's from Toronto, thing. and so okay. he could have... I mean, I've heard I him talk a bunch Midwest. before, but... Like, that's what I was hearing, but yeah. West and Toronto might have something <laughs> similar. I don't know. Um, but, okay. We need a... Who's the uh, comedian in, uh, who's really good good at, like, faking accents? Um, um, Jay Farrow uh, does a lot. I forget his name. This is terrible. He's the, like, communist leader on... Uh, on what's the show Parks and Rec where he's like uh don't go to your dentist appointment jail uh oh uh, uh, Fred Armisen Fred Armisen yeah yeah Fred Armisen yes. could help us sort out he, his he could accent probably actually do a pretty good Andy Schaff too he's a Definitely. good singer and I feel like he'd be able to nail that okay. but Tangent. But yeah, yes, I think I know what you mean. Yeah, such interesting melodies. The thing about Halloween Store though is he only takes that technique once on the record. Yep. I feel like. Yep. Whereas on Neon Skyline, it felt like every not every song. It was like every other song he was doing the same yep. thing, and it felt a little lazy to me. Yeah. Even though I'm sure he wasn't being lazy, but yep. yeah. And then instrumentally. Um, it's just so soothing. He he does a really good job of being an orchestral songwriter yep. without needing a straight-up orchestra, like only needing a f- few flutes or clarinets or, at different points, strings or whatever. Um, he changes it up through the album a lot. Yeah. It, it, it's like he has this uh, bag of tricks and he pulls one out per song. And yeah. maybe some songs it's not even a bag of tricks. It's pretty straightforward. But... I, it's funny, there's there's instruments that show up on the album, and I'm like, oh, I want more of this. But I also realize that one of the reasons I want more is it's done so well in that song that it would start to become maybe predictable if he did it a bunch. So I think he chooses the right instrument to use 100% of the time. It's mm-hmm. just he's not using them 100% of the time. Yeah, totally. Uh, heading into the lyrics... Um so yeah, I'm trying to figure out how much I want to tell you from what I know. Um, so let me. Okay, and Andrew and you I talked. Probably talk about it <laughs> like you would, knowing this is a podcast and not just our conversation. So even more, <laughs> like, like give your full thoughts on the. Okay. Lyrics. I was just going to say, Andrew and I talked about how we wanted to make shorter episodes, and this is going to be, like, not a short episode, which is totally fine. Um, Okay. Wasted on You, just starting with that track. Yep. The main line is, was all my love wasted on you? Yeah. Um, Which we find 
in the refrain of All My Love, the closing track. And so those two tracks obviously connect conceptually. And it's funny, when you read the first verse, Andrew, I'll just read it for you real quick. What happens when they die? Maybe eternal life, but only if they find me. Maybe I'll send you down, give them a clue. Then they'll kill you, and I will ask them, was all my love wasted on you? So I know I read that pretty quick, and I'm not giving you time to think, but yeah. what does that like remind you of? Or what? who, who do you feel like is talking there? That was too quick for me to know. All right. Yeah, so... See, uh, I've always thought that that was talking... Um, to like uh, X. But that's, that's a really interesting like. perspective. Yeah. Um, See, I haven't listened that intently. Like, it's just like, was all my love wasted on you? Felt very much like something and this think after a breakup. This is the beauty. This is exactly what I'm trying to, what I was saying at the beginning of the record. I'm listening, knowing, I don't know, like 80% of the story. Yeah. You're listening, knowing very little of the yeah. story. And both of us are like deeply connecting with this record. Yeah. Like that, that like that's why I think it's so brilliant. Yeah. Um, and why I enjoy the party so much. So basically this is God talking to Jesus and he's like, if I, I send you, Oh yeah, you can say I had no, okay. I was listening to this album, <laughs> not expecting any religious yeah. imagery or parts, which means even hearing that, I wasn't connecting to. I expected none of that. Like, yeah. I didn't know he had a background or anything involving religion or that. Yeah. So he grew up, I think, in a like Christian household. I don't think he considers himself religious anymore. Yeah. But obviously, but he's still right. Impacted. And, yeah. And that line was all my love wasted on you. I I mean I think it's like God talking to humanity like. I literally, like, died for you, and, like, how are you... Like, it feels wasted in a certain sense. And so this record, I think, is a... um, It's sort of a story explaining that dynamic of, like, God feeling like humanity is just, like, going down the tube, sort of. Um And not that God is, like, this perfect deity in this story. I mean, I think God does, like, a couple sketchy things. But the story, Andrew, it's basically about this stalker. His name's Norm. So, like, catch your eye. It's He's, like, kind of, like, stalking the girl and hoping shit he'll catch your eye. Telephone. It, he's. I'll read you, like, a line from Telephone. He sings... <laughs> I'll read the second verse. I'll read very slowly. I'm sorry. These these words are like too good. Oh, it's good. I used to call you on the telephone. I couldn't catch my breath to expel a single word. You would hang up your telephone. You always look so confused. Then you turn and close the blinds. And so that's really creepy. Like that is especially (laughs) because I was so sure most of this. Is boyfriend girlfriend imagery, <laughs> and like I thought it was like, yeah, we're going through a hard time, but that's like, no, like you're not a thing. <laughs> yeah, 
And so the record, wow. I don't want to like, I don't want to go song by song, but it kind of plays out this story of this person stalking someone else and uh, how it goes. And so, so what's what's extra interest? Like you said, it's really interesting. What's interesting about it too is aesthetically, you hear love songs based on the music. You know what I mean? The songs feel I think so that's precious. A lot of it. Like I, I'm gonna be honest. I've only paid attention to the lyrics. Like I, and I thought about that later. I was like, wow, for how much I've listened, the lyrics have been like just kind of there. I haven't actually yeah. sat down and read lyrics, like which is what you need to do to understand them. So I knew I was going into it, going, I love this album, and I haven't really unpacked the lyrics. So it's really fun because my love for this album is about to be able to take the next step with just that perspective and. And knowing I have to sit down and do this. That'll be fun. Yeah. And so I recommend anybody who listens to Andy Schaff, yep. just give give the lyrics a listen. Or not yeah. listen, read the lyrics. Yes. Because um, it's, it's hard to, because uh, he does a good job pronunciating, but uh, it can be hard to track. a falsetto in there, yeah. too. Like, like. And interesting melodies. There's there's enough there that I think if you don't sit down with the lyrics, you're only going to catch, um, like, most, but not all of them. He does better than most that, like, you'll be able to catch most of the lyrics. And it's not washed out or anything. Like, the, his voice is very much forefront, but... Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, one last thing I'll say is I think the track listing is really well laid out. Yeah, um, I think it's a really good journey, and I like how it starts and ends. All my love is a unsettling uh, closer. It's yeah. dissonant. It's not yeah. wasting on wasted on you. The first track, it's very smooth and uh, pretty. All my love, it's it leaves you feeling kind of weird, and so I like the way it ends like that. Yep. Yep. Well, in the interest of time, and I want to dissect so much more of this, but um, let's move on. Let's talk just about some more aspects of this album. So we've talked, I think, vocals, lyrics, pretty good. Um, let's just talk a little bit more about some of the instrumentation. So yeah. um, I would say um, two main instruments on this are acoustic and piano. Um, mm-hmm. It is a chill album. Um, you'll get some slide guitars. The drums that are in it almost never open up. Um, almost. There's still dynamics. I don't want anyone who hasn't heard this to think that the album stays really flat. But I think the dynamics aren't as much of a, like, oh, here's your loud part, here's your soft part. It's actually just how things swell and and dissipate. Um, that type of a dynamic a little bit more. I think some of the most interesting things that he does on the album is his use of chord changes. Um, Mm. He uses some very weird chords, and I haven't sat down enough to actually figure out what he's done, how many of them are out of key, or him just, like, favoring certain minors more um, and stuff. But he uses a vast array of chords um, on this album in ways that most music is not. Um, which is one of the things I love about this album so much because I listen and 
he kind of sets you up to expect a next chord, especially if you're a musician who's used to hearing this stuff. You kind of, I get very much in this mode of just predicting the next chord. And music, for the most part, isn't that crazy complicated um, from a chord structure standpoint. And so this is going to sound, I feel like this is going to sound prideful, but like I taught music for a long time. I, I, I have been doing this for a long time that like I probably can predict 80% of the next chords that I hear in music. Like it's not, it's not crazy to think it's a very high percentage and I'll bet you listeners that are somewhat similar to that would agree um, music doesn't get that that crazy it's fairly predictable sometimes um, however Andy Schaff kept me guessing and like even after I listened to this album a couple times I kept forgetting how much he'd kind of keep messing with me and so to me, that's one of the best things about this album because it's a chill album. So usually, even though it's a background album, if I'm getting really focused on something, and I'm saying it's a background album, that sounds bad, but like I've treated it that way quite a few times where I'm doing work. And when I'm doing work, I sometimes it's just like I'm not even paying attention to the music. But what's probably different about this album musically than almost any other album that I'm playing in the background is it keeps pulling me back going, oh, that was interesting, and then I might continue my work. Oh, that was interesting, and then I'll continue my work just because my subconscious keeps getting tricked a little bit. And uh, and to his credit, that is not an easy thing to do for most people. You have to be either really intentional about it, really well-trained, or really untrained. It's this weird thing of like someone who doesn't know better and just does what sounds and feels good. Um, so I don't know where Andy Schaff is. I, I'm going to venture just from some of the stuff I've heard that he's very well trained. And this is an intentional move on his part. Um, but there's some bands like Under Oath who don't know music theory at all. And any interesting thing they do is just a feel thing. I'm throwing them out because Tim's been very public about that uh, type of style of writing. Um but, um, okay, that's my quick, not-so-quick <laughs> discussion about uh, instrumentation. Um, Nate, you mentioned the different instruments that are played there um, throughout the album, um, how it is very orchestral. But uh, what are some, do you have any more thoughts on the instrumentation? Yeah, I mean, you gave a great diagnosis. I'll just add a personal, like, ooh, I like this type of mm-hmm. comment. I love good piano records. And, like, that's part of the lure with the party. That's part of the lure with this. And I know it's not entirely a piano record, but, like, man, it is. And and when you combine that voice with the piano, I'm just, like, through through the roof excited and just, like, yeah. I just, I there's not enough piano records. Yep. I think I'll say like I agree. everybody's going with stints yep. with electrics yep. and I just need a little bit more piano. Give me a yep. little bit more piano. That's all. Yep. I, that's all I really want to say. I, I agree. I agree. Um, I, I was just quick. I was like, Oh, there was a part in daylight 
screaming that I remembered. There's like even the electric guitar in Daylight Dreaming. Oh, yeah. Is doing this almost like Beatles esque like sound to me. Like it sounds very old, but it's that old British distorted sound or whatever. But like that song is still a piano led song. It's just, I don't know. It's, there's so much there. There's an oboe on the album that I love. Anytime that there's actual strings on the album, it's like incredible. Um, so. One thing I will say musically is he does a really good job creating space on the record too. So you made me think about that when you mentioned uh, Daylight Dreaming, where he'll he ha- there's a that big um, I don't know what to call it, uh, but big instrument like instrumental boom that happens um, multiple times throughout the song, yep. and then. And different parts that will like dissipate into like very quiet, like spaced yep. out sections. And so yep. uh, there's tons of space throughout the record. Yep. And I think that's one more thing I'll add. Like we need, I said we need more piano. We also need a little bit more space, yep. I think, too, in, yep. in music. And I'm, I'm, I'm coming across, I think, a little bit annoying in the sense of, like, Andy's doing it right, other people are doing it wrong. I'm not trying to critique anybody that's making music. I'm just saying I would love if somebody could fill that void. I think that's what I'm trying to say. Um, because, also, yeah. yeah. I was just going to say, from my personal experience, and this is different than other people, my go-to anytime I've written a song or gone to record is... A song feels more, either more fun for me to work on, or feels like it gets better and better for me personally when I just keep adding parts. It feels like having all these hidden small things, it like, it makes me at least feel like I'm writing a good song. The song could be trash, but like, the more parts, I think there's more to distract like if I'm if I'm being honest, that's probably what it comes down to is like you have to be really confident in your songs in how each instrument is sounding to have a minimalistic take on the music on the album. Yeah. Like because there's so much more weight on the piano has to sound incredible because if the piano doesn't sound good here, if it's not really really well done well that's the base of everything here there's barely anything in maybe the section besides piano and vocal um or some small effects that are added um i don't know like i think i think for a lot of people it's scary to do that type of album so i think instead of like it coming across as like, oh, Andy's doing it great and no one else is doing it. I think that um, you'll see more musicians, the more comfortable they get. Hopefully this is like something that will become more common Yeah, in music is that type of a, an approach. Um, so one, one more just like exterior uh, comment is I, I'd be damned not to mention the album artwork. Yeah. I think it's so simple and so yep. effective. Yep. I love the font. I love the little symbols he's got going there. Yep. Um, and it's just we've we've talked about this before. Like, 
at the end of the day, I'm going to give a really oversimplistic album cover perspective, which mm-hmm. should not be taken too seriously. I want to get a very specific color and a very specific feeling. And I feel like this album delivers that. You have the orange E-Red and you have this openness, this... Again, we talked about space musically. The cover helps represent that. Um, And the peacefulness it it exudes, um, which obviously musically... Uh, there's yep. a lot of peace, but I just think it's a really great album cover. And for me, I felt like, to be honest, Andy's covers overall, they're not bad. And I think they're really interesting and he does a yep. good job. But I think this is his best cover for me. Yep. Yep. I agree. I was going to say it's by far to date his most simplistic cover, but I do think it's his best. I've actually, the only cover that I actually really like from Andy besides Norm is honestly just the party. And it's just because it's pretty on the nose. I don't know if that makes sense. Like it takes almost zero imagination to get the concept to where it's at. I think the look is really good. Like I feel like they nailed it, but like, I feel like because it's such a concept album, and he's like, could we just have characters from the party on the cover? <laughs> like, yeah. Like, the concept isn't that crazy. So you look at it and you go, that pairs really well. Um, yeah. Wilds, I think, has a similar style, now that I'm looking at it, like, of paint or art to the party, but I don't love that. And I'm going to be honest, I don't like the cover of Neon Skyline. It's just too yeah. dark. Um I don't get much out of a dark background for someone who's not a dark artist. Um, yeah. It just it feels not my favorite. But for me, if Norm gives the right vibe. Yeah, totally. If Neon Skyline, the, if the record hit, I think the cover would hit for me. Because yeah, I do think there's a lot of cool stuff going on there. But it's just the fact that the record doesn't hit for me. But. Yep. But yeah, yep. should we uh, go into favorite, Let's do favorite uh, song? So I want I want to do guessing. I really want to do guessing okay. here. Okay. Ooh. Um, let me look. I. What's interesting about you is you never listen to any of the singles, which I think makes it so much harder to guess. And I'm not saying my picks a single or not. Yep. But. Uh, helps. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'll be impressed if you get it. <sighs> Which maybe is a hint, but I'd still be impressed if you get it. But to be fair, I don't know what I'm even saying by saying that. I, I, I am so not confident in this guess. I'm gonna say Norm, the title track. It is not Norm. Okay. Anyone would have been a good guess because I love all these songs. Um, so my favorite is Paradise Cinema. Um, Very nice. And it's actually been that since a few listens in. Um, okay, couple things because I was trying to not just like talk about that too much through that. So I love. I think it's an oboe on there. Honestly, I'm I'm terrible with wind instruments, but um, I think it's an oboe in there. Whatever that wind instrument. That lower wind instrument, I love that melody that it does. It feels so good. Um, the little like 
chime in it is like to me it's i know this is seems like it's overselling but i think it's a stroke of genius it's so so perfect in the song i love it um the song has such a minor but interesting feel i did not know when i was listening through the album anything about or like i wasn't looking at song titles i was just listening to songs and paradise cinema made me feel like i was walking down this kind of old-timey town i had just watched um um oh, what's that sorry the new steven spielberg uh movie about his yeah fablemans thank you i just watched the fablemans and i felt like i was in kind of an old-timey town and because of just watching the fablemans i was thinking about literally like it kind of raining me walking down this and being next to a theater like that mm-hmm. old-timey theater and I looked and saw the title was Paradise Cinema, and I was like, excellent job, Andy. Because <laughs> he basically, from the sound of the music, like everything I was hearing somehow really brought me to that location. I would say probably some of that, again, being I just watched The Fablemans, and somehow it brought me um, to there. Like, that that can't not play a part. However, um, I've just been really impressed with that. Um I think between that and Halloween Store, Halloween Store is mm. weird, and I think Paradise Cinema is also weird. Like, yeah, to me they're probably two of the weirdest songs. Um, Daylight Dreaming has some weird stuff in there too. Um, I mean, there's weird stuff all throughout, but um, totally. I would say I've definitely been um, leaning towards the weird side of the album a little bit more for favorite. So, all right, yeah, I mean, I think yeah. just to comment on exactly what you said. Paradise Cinema is, for the record, a deep cut. I think, mm-hmm. like That's very. That's why I was saying I thought yeah. it'd be weird if you guessed it. Um, yeah, great pick it, though. It feels like a song, um, and like this is truly my favorite. Like, there's some albums I do have a hard time picking, and even on an album this good with all of them, like Paradise Cinema is definitely that song for me. Um, uh, but I don't know what to pick. For you, the one that stands out looking at it, um, I think Telephone. But I don't know. What is it? That's a great guess. I think uh, Telephone, Norm, Halloween Store, those to me are just like, I know this record doesn't have a lot of quote-unquote bops, but I would categorize those as bops. Um, But for me, it's actually another deep cut. It's a long throw. Interesting. Yeah. And I think it's just the most beautiful song. Not I'm not I'm not trying to make a all time statement, but yes. it is just so pretty. And the transition into it from uh from Daylight Dreaming is like wicked sick. His falsetto in the verses or in the in the cor- I think it's the chorus. I don't know. I'm. It's hard remembering, but his falsetto yep. kills. Yep. Um, and the the instrumentation at the end of the chorus, how it like elongates, just like and I feel like drifting off in a quiet river. Like yep. it's very beautiful. Yep. And uh, yeah, it's just such a great song. I think that is a deep cut. I love that song. I I don't want to 
over. Uh, like, to me, anytime I hear I'm like, oh, this reminds me of 100 Acres by S. Carey. Mm. Like, which, it's it's the mixture of his falsetto there. It's the mixture of the actual um, orchestra that's playing on the song. Like, the strings are beautiful in it. But that's about some of the higher praise I could give it, which is that feel and that vibe is amazing. And so... Um, yeah, I totally get that as favorite, but it wasn't on my radar. I wasn't gonna guess that. That genuinely might have been like the tenth song I was gonna guess. <laughs> like. That to me was very low on the list of like ones that I would have picked, and I don't know why. But um, picked for you, I'm saying. Oh yeah, I gotcha. But, um, but yeah. All right. I oh. feel really good with our choices. I know that's like a I feel great thing to say, but like. I feel like there's something about this album that, again, you can't pick wrong, but I think the fact that we're not picking chalk or like the like the catchy songs, like neither of us picked any of the first three, which apparently yeah. are the singles. Um, I think it shows, and that we picked them at very different spots of the album, like fifth and tenth. I'm just looking at it and going like that. Just to me shows it's a very strong album. Um, the fact that you can pick something that's a weird shocker and like it be a really strong choice already. Um, yeah. So, yeah. There's two, there's two things. We've already gone so long, so I'm like, yep. hey, who cares? Let's add some more time. There's sure. two final things I want to say. Dude. First is, I took your comment where you were like, hey, you didn't tell me about this record till 2017. Yeah. And I was curious. I was like, I'm going to go back on Facebook, back when I used to post on Facebook, when I used to log into Facebook. Yeah. And I used to post my top 10 albums of the year on there. The party isn't on my top 10 albums of the year from 2016. So I don't think either A, I had listened to it in 2016, yep. or B, hadn't listened to it enough to like it that much. And so it didn't make... And looking at this top 10, it's kind of crazy. But... um yeah, so that's that's one thing. Um, so I didn't tell you because I didn't love it. So I do want to make that clear. Yep. But secondly, my top ten this year, I feel like by this point, we are end of March, basically. Yep. Usually, I feel like I'll have three records where I'm like, okay, I don't know what my top ten will look like, but I'd be totally cool with these three records being in my top ten. I only have one album mm-hmm. where I'm like feel great about, and it's this one. Yep. And so I'm just wondering how long Normal Be Alone uh-huh. on my top 10 list because it's just sitting there and there's nothing else. And I don't know if it's because it's so good that I like don't want to put anything in its uh, tier or whatever, but it's alone right it. now. That's all I want to say. I, I have two albums in my top 10 mentally. Um, I don't know if I should say the other one, but we've done Keep an episode a on it. Dirty little secret. Um, we maybe interviewed someone from it, and I like that. <laughs> that's the only other album that's like, yeah, been like a, a hit for me this year, where it like really, yeah. really hit. Um, but I think Norm probably has more lasting uh, power. Yeah, it'll be fun by the end of the year to see. Again, these early ones are so interesting because they're so easy to forget about by the end of the year. And you'd be like, man, I really like that, but there just wasn't much music out at that point. And it gets bumped from top 10 by the end of the year. Or 
it could just be like honestly it came on so strong and it only got better through the year and I feel like that's probably where I'd guess Nolan would end up by the end but who knows I don't have context of the year it has been a weak year so far so far um, yeah totally but to agree. be fair not many artists that I know have been putting out music it's I not totally like a agree bunch of there... artists have put stuff out and it's been bad it's just there hasn't been much put out yet yeah, I feel like hundred percent so early, but it, yep. yeah. All right, uh, that is it. Thank you for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Um, I, I would say I've almost never been more excited to actually see people picking their favorite songs, and it's because we picked weirder ones. I want to know what your favorite song is from this album so please let us know we ask that almost every episode and we'll get some responses here and there but um but this is your task uh please let us know what your favorite song or songs if you can't really decide one are from this album where does this album rank for you in andy schroff's uh career is this one uh, up there for you is is it not let us know are your thoughts on that and you can let us know those thoughts on our socials you can find us on twitter and instagram at ldl pod you can also email us at long distance listening at gmail.com uh nothing else really just a normal episode so thank you for listening it uh <laughs> normal talking about this i know i i hate it. <laughs> i'm trying to move past it but uh, yeah thanks for listening uh if uh if you think about it or could you can hit the subscribe button uh like the podcast share the podcast all that stuff goes a really long way uh to making these conversations possible so thank you for your support and for listening and have a great rest of your day My name's Nate, and uh, I like to party.